Elliot, we're back here at Bonus Round Cafe, and you know they're saying that Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover in pop culture history. What are we going to do to top that? I don't know, but here I am. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? So this is Geek Counter Geek 119 back at uh, Bonus Round Cafe in Chicago. I'm Elliot Serrano. Wait, I'm Keith Conrad. You're Elliot Serrano. I was gonna say if I'm if I'm if you're Elliot Serrano, man, did you get did Keith Conrad get shafted? <laughs> uh, actually, joined this week by John Clark from uh, Caffeinated Comics. Hey, this is the first time I've been to that board game cafe. I mean, it's funny. It's like um, generally whenever. Um, Geek Counter Geek and Caffeinated Comics do a crossover. You know, the, the Muhammad goes to the mountain today. Yeah. The mountain came to Muhammad. I mean, I mean, I went to, I usually go to like John's place. We hang out in his den with all his Indiana Jones and Batman toys. I the coffee there. is free. The coffee is free. I get it in a Grover mug. His wife <laughs> loans me. If it's not coffee, it's some uh, whatever... Uh, whiskey depends on the hour. Yeah, depends on the depends hour. Depends on the hour and the anger in the room. Yeah, and then uh, but today we're yeah we're at the at the um, the wonderful little uh, coffee shop game store that uh, bonus round that you discovered and um, it's kind of fun. It's yeah, fun being back I here. love this. They're really smart. It's just a couple of stores down from Chicago Comics, and then you've got Kapow Collectibles around the corner. It's got it's managed to like hold a little geek community right in the middle of the city. Right here, and we're we're slightly getting a little bit overwhelmed by Cubs fans, because oh yeah, because uh, yeah, the game just ended. Yeah, the game just ended, so it's like ah, there were long lines of them. There were like eight yeah. of them. Couldn't get, couldn't get, finding parking or not, not even finding parking, but just getting here to park was a challenge. And also, you can tell it's uh, it's a little crowded because today is uh, International Tabletop Game Day. Is it? It is. It's. A tabletop day. See, I thought this business was just very successful. <laughs> well, it is. The last time we were here, they had a lot of folks here as well. So it's a lot of fun. Last time we were here, we played, um, it was um, Def- Defuse. Uh, Defuse. Defuse, yes. Where we were supposed to defuse bombs like um, Keanu Reeves and Speed. We, we didn't do very well. Yeah, I, I think there were six bombs and we defused one. Did yeah. it have like a big, like, um, upper... Not operation, but like a big egg timer in it? No, I had like, well, you downloaded the app on your phone, and you had the little red blinking numbers, you know? The the numbers that Roger Ebert would always make fun of in um, his reviews about, you know, why why does a villain put the big red timer on there? Do they want you to be able to just defuse the bomb or know when it's going to go off? Well, let's say he accidentally arms the bomb. He's got to know how much time he has to disarm the bomb. So then he can arm it somewhere else. I don't know. If I'm okay. A yeah, I'll, I'll buy that one. I don't know. I mean, that was Guardians of the Galaxy too. Rocket built a bomb. Why he built a bomb with two buttons. <laughs> right. That's beyond me. <laughs> but yeah. I could see Rocket accidentally setting his own bomb. I, I guess that's because, uh, you know, 
Rocket didn't quite know where the writers were going to go with it. You know, the noble sacrifice route or the uh, the Groot is dumb, watch him almost hit the wrong button route. Yeah, so he wanted to be prepared. Yeah. He wasn't dumb. He was innocent. He was a child. That's true. Yeah. And uh, now he's a he's a an yeah. angsty teen. Yeah. Angsty teen. Yeah, now he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like most teens. Yeah. It scared me. I have a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old, and I'm like, Oh, that's that's exactly what's gonna happen. You're gonna get that. Yeah. yeah, that's coming. That's coming for you, man. It's coming. So, uh, as you as you may have heard, anybody uh, listening to the podcast, uh, Avengers: Infinity War came out. Really? What's that? Uh, I, I, it's some new independent movie that just came out. I wonder if uh, you even have to give a spoiler warning for this show because I feel like everybody's already gone and seen it. No, no. All I've been, what I've been seeing on social media has been. I'm not going to be able to see it for a week, so don't talk about it. It, it seems like, like there's really no middle ground. There's the people who saw it, you know, like the day it came out, and some people who saw it before it came out, Elliot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, hey, I didn't spoil you. Or, or the people who have, no, like... bragged about it. <laughs> yeah, well, or, or the people who have, like, actual life commitments, and so they're not going to see it for a month. And they're like, oh, my God, nobody on Facebook can post anything about it until... Until the end of May. Well, it's like, for me, um, I never got a chance to see Black Panther, and I had it completely spoiled Had it completely spoiled for me the week after it came out. It's funny, so. Black Panther has been more successful than the first Avengers, but I've run into so many people this week that said, oh, I don't know if I can get to Avengers because I haven't seen Black Panther yet. And Black Panther has been so successful that half the movie theaters I've been into were showing Avengers and Black Panther at the same time. Same time. Yeah. I don't think it's ever happened that wow. there's been two Marvel movies in the theater at the same time. When you consider, though, that Avengers actually picks up pardon, actually picks up after um, Thor Ragnarok. So if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, you're actually missing more. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, if you've seen, um, if you saw uh, Civil War... You got you got plenty of Black Panther there. You understand his character there. Yeah. You saw you've already seen Wakanda in the um, post one of the post credit scenes. Yeah, I took my wife to Avengers. She hadn't seen Black Panther, and when it got to the Wakanda scenes, I kept leaning over to say, "Oh, that's his sister," and that's a and they do a such a good job of kind of setting you in that world that you don't need to have seen Black Panther. Right. Yeah, I would I would agree. Thor Ragnarok is more important because you don't know why. Thor, Thor, Thor has a spaceship. And on top of that, it, 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 well, although Infinity War does completely Alien 3 uh, for Ragnarok. So yeah, but, all, but, all the good feels from Alien 2 were completely like wiped away in Alien 3. And all the good feels from Thor Ragnarok, bye-bye. I think probably in an effort to like catch people up who, who maybe haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, like at the beginning you do hear like there's a distress call where it says right. you know we're we're the refugees from Asgard. Right. So you know yeah. something bad happened in Asgard, but I want to know what happened to a Valkyrie because she was nowhere to be seen. She's on the ship. She's dead. So is Korg. So is Meek. Like everybody, half, everybody you fell in love with in Thor Ragnarok is it's now dead. is dead. They're dead now. We only see Heimdall. We only see him die, and then we see Loki die. Um, yeah. Oh, here come the spoilers. Uh, but. But yeah, Valkyrie's not in it. And this morning, my son was playing with the Marvel Legends, and he took out Valkyrie, and I was like, "Oh yeah, she's dead now." <laughs> <laughs> Dad, well, geez. It, it's funny because I I kept thinking of uh, of I, for some reason I was I was reading something about the run up to Star Trek II because I was born in '82, so I I didn't okay. actually see the Wrath of Khan come out. Uh, you know, I only saw it, you know, years later, mm-hmm. and uh, like there was. 
like they, they, they had dropped in, you know, speculation that, that Spock was going to die in that movie. And in the very first scene, you know, it's the Kobayashi Maru test and you see Spock die and everybody's like, oh, they faked this out. Spock isn't really dead. And then they, they, they killed him. Yeah, it's like pre-internet spoilers when there were still magazines. It leaked yeah. that Spock was going to die in the script. So they hastily wrote the beginning of it just to kill him off. So then all the fans were like, oh, that was the footage they saw. Spike doesn't die in it. So then when the end, when he actually dies, it's like twice as devastating. Um, yeah, I mean, um, although back with, with Valkyrie, I mean, you can retcon it. You can all, you can have a scene in a future movie showing how she escaped. Yeah, or like she left the ship. Left the ship to go find help or something. Yeah, you, you know. could, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, they, they never specifically mentioned her and never, never showed her, so right. there's every reason to believe that she at least made it through that if she wasn't one of the half... Oh, wait, sorry. Let's not get to that spoiler yet. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I thought it was... You, you don't know... Because we've seen Loki die a couple times already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't know what's going to happen next. But uh, Loki kind of redeemed himself at the end. Yeah. I mean, he's always kind of like going back, forth, back, forth. I mean, the, the, I, I'll give the Russo brothers credit for that. In that five-minute scene with Thanos, you saw the entire arc of Loki's motivations. Yes. It's like the cross, the double cross, the switch back, the triple cross. And, it, and at each point you could go, oh, well, this is his role right. in the book. Because I was thinking about the Infinity Gauntlet book where Mephisto becomes Thanos' sidekick who's secretly scheming to overthrow him. And I was like, oh, Loki's going to be Mephisto in this. And then I saw his eyes filled with blood. <laughs> and I was like, all right, he's was probably brutal. not getting out of it. It was brutal. I remember, I mean, as I'm sitting there watching it and they frame that scene with Thanos and Loki and they're going, oh, look, homage to A New Hope. It's Darth Vader and the... Captain Antilles, and you know, and it's like, and what happens to Captain Antilles in that? Yeah, and you hear the so, so it was. Yeah, pretty much. There's no Captain Antilles, a Star Wars story coming. (laughs) There could be. (laughs) With Woody Harrelson, as a as a grizzled Captain Antilles with a neck brace. you know, but wait, but when when they carry off Captain Antilles, he almost gets up under his own power. I mean, he gets his legs under him. For a guy who just got choked, that doesn't happen. Whereas Loki didn't do that. No. No. No, so. Loki doesn't get put down no. <laughs> long enough. It was brutal, <laughs> though. It was. it was brutal. It was, I realized that was, that's when I realized that it was going to be a lot of my mouth drying out in this film because my jaw was on the floor so <laughs> often. It, it's like it, they didn't waste any time with this one. You get, you get Thanos and Hulk right from the get-go. Yep. You get a major death right from the get-go, and it's like they were like, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna build up to anything. We're just gonna start throwing stuff at you." Yeah, I leaned you know? over to my wife about 10, 15 minutes in. I think by the time we like brought in Doctor Strange and Iron Man, and and I, I leaned, to, I leaned over to my wife. I think it was the only time I talked to her in the theater, and went, "This is like Lord of the Rings, except it has the entire fucking Marvel universe in it." <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> And then, and then I went back and read Infinity Gauntlet, and um, and I saw that yes, um, the uh, the scene where um, Bruce Banner comes crashing through that that was the Silver Surfer yeah. in the comic book. And Silver Surfer is still owned by Fox. Right. So they, they, if uh, for those who haven't read any of the Infinity War comics, the Infinity Gauntlet, the, this movie was a pastiche of all those scenes. Mind you, the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige said that's what they wanted to do. They 
had like and, and that's what they've done with all the films I mean Thor Ragnarok was 40% Planet Hulk and, and part of the Ragnarok uh, series, too. Right, the and then Simonson Captain Ragnarok. America Civil War was not the plot of Civil War. It was no. just the central uh, the central conflict of the superheroes taking sides with Cap on one and Iron Man on the other. Another. They never adapt the comics in these movies, no. which, is why, which is why now I worry about spoilers, because it used to be for years I would go, well, I read the book, so right. let's just see how they go and do this book. Mm. And you, can't, you can, can't have that anymore. I mean, even the Infinity Stones don't track to what they are in the comics. Right. Like, you know, the Eye of Agamotto is not an Infinity Stone in no, the comics. No, it's not. Right. And the, the gem on Vision's head is not an Infinity Stone. No, but I think that's, you know, makes it, right, as you say, it makes it uh, uh, more appealing to longtime comics fans. And, you know, for folks who don't read comics, well, they don't care anyway. Right. They just want to be able to get the story from the movie. Which is why, to me, I mean, I feel like with Infinity War... Um, they actually did a better job with the Thanos character than in the comics. Because I never bought this whole, Thanos is in love with death, so he wants to kill everyone, so death will be his girlfriend. Well, there was a rumor <laughs> there, there was a rumor going around that death was going to show up and it was going to be Kate Blanchett again as, he- hell. as Hela. Yeah, but I think they do a really good job in Thor Ragnarok of saying that, like, she's called the god of death because she's killed so many people. She's not, she's not running death. She's not running hell. She's just like the wayward sister, so I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you never know. You never know. But again, uh, to me, though, I did like the fact that um, they made made Thanos an allegory for American exceptionalism. (laughs) That's essentially what they did with Thanos. So it's the Thanos is the greed is good speech? No, no, see, see, I I think it's the other way around. I think Thanos was the, uh, the green piece. Hey, we have too many people here. We need to get rid of some of them. Yeah, but Greenpeace yeah, don't do that. They don't yeah, no, but but overpopulation is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. him and Rachel Gould. They both they're both anti overpopulation. Right. I'm against it. I'm I, totally against. I think that's the biggest see, problem we have. See, there there we go. Oh, Thanos has a point. It's just very painful to do what he's doing. Well, no, true. And there's like that. I know we're skipping around on this right now, but to me, the the telling line was when he's ex- pretty much explaining his motivation. And he goes, well, first I suggested we do it completely, you know, we, uh, completely random. Poor, rich, young, old, whoever. That would be fair. And I'm there going, the moment he said poor and rich, I was like, no, nah, rich people ain't going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't going to like that. I'm, uh, how much you want Chris, to They're the ones who got him kicked out. <laughs> both when he's going through that little spiel and when, um, spoiler alert, he, he wins and like half the people disappear. I notice he's not one of the people that disappeared. Well, but mm. here, here's the thing, though. Is that is that really the case? I mean, because when you see at the end that he's looking out onto the you know the sunset and so on, is that really him in a literal place, or is he quote unquote in heaven? You know, right? Because remember, um, Thor kind of just does deal a lethal blow to him, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's not something that kills him enough. And he seems to destroy the gauntlet by yeah. doing well, it. And, and he, um, you know, he he says it like seven times during the movie that I can snap my finger and and kill half the people in, in the universe. So he he tells Thor when he when he stabs him with the uh, with the axe. He t- you should have gone for the mm-hmm. yeah you, you should have gone. Peter Bill's hammer. But, but wait, wasn't the... Oh, no, Stormbringer was Elric. Yeah, right? yeah Stormbreaker yeah. was Beta Ray Bill's hammer. Right? And, and it was shaped like that, where it's kind of like, like an L on one end and an axe. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so he says you should have gone for my head or something, something right, like that. Right. So I, I'm actually thinking that, uh, you know, it, it didn't occur to me while I was watching the movie, but I'm thinking now that he probably actually did kill Thanos, but all Thanos had to do was snap, snap his, his finger. fingers. And right. then it's over. Well, yeah. he does that with vision. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so you're probably right that he probably actually is dead. He, he didn't give himself to whatever was killing everybody. He just he also died. happens yeah. to be dead. Yeah, I've seen a couple of rumors about it. Well, first of all, we know Thanos is in Avengers 4, so there's that. Yeah. Well, they announce it at the end of the Yeah, Thanos will return. He's like James Bond now. <laughs> but uh, I, did see a, I did see a theory that perhaps he went into the Soul Gem the way Adam Warlock did. Ah, and that's the okay. world inside the Soul Gem that basically used up all of his essence. But we don't know. I took it as, like, he's got the whole universe now that's pretty empty. He can pick up any planet he wants. I like that soul gem, although I'll go a step further. I think he's inside the gem that's hanging around the cat from Men in Black. Oh, oh I yeah, like that's that. A whole yeah. Yeah. That's a whole galaxy. So he could still be on a planet. Orion's. Yeah. Knows, you know. <laughs> Guy had a serious crush on his cat. <laughs> I love that cat. That's a cute cat. But yeah, so um, to me though, the, 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 they're, they're applaud- this movie is being applauded for pretty much making, finally getting a Marvel supervillain right. Yeah. Because all, the, with the exception of Spider-Man: Homecoming and the Vulture, because Michael Keaton was really good yep. as that character. I still argue for Jeff Bridges in Iron Man One. I think he's a oh, he's no, a great you're villain. Right. And I thought Kate Blanchett did a really great job in yeah. Ragnarok. She was the one thing that grounded it and kept it from being a parody. Yes. To me, you took her as a threat. I think the problem, well, to me, no, you're right. I think the problem I had with Jeff Bridges in Iron Man 1 is just at the end when he becomes Iron Monger, it's just, it's just ridiculous. He's it's just like, kind of stomping around. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you're, dude, you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're smart. You should be able to take Tony out. With your smarts, not so much, you know, try to get into a... Oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm literally crazy. thinking, I have not met a, a CEO of a defense contractor that I buy hopping into a suit and... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, like destroying half the city. Like, I can picture Elon Musk in the Iron Man suit, but that's about it. Like, any other <laughs> any other CEO, not uh, not so much. You know? <laughs> Maybe Lee Iacocca back in the day. Oh, yeah. Lee Iacocca was a tough guy. I could see Trump telling people that he was in an Iron Man suit. (laughs) I'm surprised he hasn't. And it was the most beautiful suit. Uh, Like like Lex Luthor, but dumb. Uh, (laughs) And then, then, yes, um, um, Hell Out, you know, Cape Blanchett, was great. A great villain. They've been getting better. I mean, I I think we're years away from, like, the bland Ronan the Accuser. Kind of villain that we've had for a that while. That was such a waste. And K- Killmonger yeah. was interesting. I Killmonger mean, was interesting. They, so they've been on an upswing, but I think this is this is Thanos's movie. He's the main character. There's so many characters. There's so many heroes that have to compete for screen time that it has to be this big ensemble. But all the focus is on Thanos and the CG in this reminded me of the Andy Serkis and Planet of the Apes. I could see James Brolin yeah. in that face, and I could mm-hmm. see subtle. Yes. Subtle, like, conflicted feeling, like the yes. scene with Gamora. You can see him weighing both yes. options. I thought that, that was really... That, after after the really disappointing experience that was Justice League and Steppenwolf oh God, and yeah. all that. Steppenwolf you know, was a video game. Yeah, and the guy who was doing the motion capture, I forget the actor's name who did the motion capture for Steppenwolf, was really disappointed in... How that that um, CGI was? Uh, I, yeah, because be he thought he was going to be the next Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I didn't know there was a guy doing motion yeah, capture. It, it looked yeah. like it was just completely yeah. computer generated. Yeah. 
So I, I, I give him credit. I mean, mind you, near the end, um, there are there were a couple scenes where it, it, the CGI looked kind of rushed. Mm. Like uh, there are two scenes where you see Mark Ruffalo and um, and Don Cheadle in their in the respective you know Hulkbuster armor, and yeah. armor armor uh, uh, Iron Man armor and um and you get it looks like their heads are kind of like floating kind of like the, the Ryan Reynolds thingy. Green Lantern yeah yeah it's like a head on a stick yeah yeah so um, uh, but you know beyond that though really impressive special effects for what was really a tight production schedule too yeah i mean they they knocked this one out in what uh, a year and a half well they did them both yeah yeah too they were also shooting four yeah so that is some, and no wonder uh, downey jr robert downey jr and chris evans and them are going okay we, we we're done for a bit we want to go yeah you know? yeah well and, and that's the thing uh so like you, you never know what's going to happen next in avengers 4 and that's only that's only a year away and how many how many other movies are coming out between now and then? I think from just, Marvel Studios, it's Captain Marvel and Ant Man. Okay, and and we know that Ant Man takes place lie. before um, before Infinity War, and Captain Marvel takes place in the nineties. In the nineties, so. yeah. I didn't realize Ant Man took place before I Infinity it took War. Place, like during or after? Yeah, though it was after. I mean, there's still. Ha- Can someone tell me where Defenders takes place and why 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 none of them were around to help? Because <laughs> Silver Surfer is owned by Fox. <laughs> You have you have the Hulk and you have Doctor Strange. Yeah, what else do you need? That's right? enough. So you have Iron Man being Silver Surfer. Yeah. We're, we're done. You know, hey, everybody gets two weeks of vacation a year. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's like that. You know, that's actually that's really good because I'm telling you, biggest event of my company, I'll take vacation yeah. time. Thank I had you. somebody ask me on Facebook. Uh, uh, some, somebody I've known since high school posted like a, an article about like what you need to know with Infinity War, and she's like. She's like, oh my god, this feels like homework, and I realized, <laughs> oh, there's people that don't spend every day thinking about this, because I wrote back, you had ten years to study, and then I thought, well, I've been studying this for thirty-five, <laughs> and this is probably why we never dated in high school. <laughs> and then she replied, she replied, well, where's Wolverine? And I said, he's retired. And she replied with like a little laughing face, and I was like, I was right about to go. No, Hugh Jackman, uh, he doesn't uh, want to do it. And Logan, and then I realized. This is why we never did it in high school, <laughs> and I let it go. But most people, most people, are not so. But in, deep in her, into Marvel as popular as these movies are, most most people are like, wait, they're all together. What's yeah. going on? Right. In her defense, Hugh Jackman said uh, he would come back to Wolverine if it was in an Avengers movie. If they yeah. found a way to make that happen, he would he would do it again. I really, I've been saying for a year, I really wanted Hugh Jackman just to show up in the middle of everything and tell Tony Stark he was full of shit. But then I realized we now have Benedict Cumberbatch saying that exact that same now. thing. Yep. yep. It's funny. We have two Sherlock Holmes trying to out-douchebag each other. Yep. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And that was the thing, too, is that with, um, with this film, that, that's, the, op, that's the other, the other um, dimension of it. Even if you're not a big comic book fan, but you're a movie fan, you are keeping track of, well, they announced a sequel for this and that. Right. So I know that character is going to make it out here, and that character is going to go there. And so, you know, it, it, it does have a bit, it does kind of lessen the impact. Of like well, that's, that's a big problem with the ending. Yeah. First of all, during the time that Black Panther disappears, the Black Panther movie made about about $10 million just in, in those couple of seconds. Uh, so you knew he's probably you know he's coming, coming back. back. And that's a problem we were talking right before we were recording. That's where I think they overstepped because I was with them every step of the way. And they, when they start to take basically the pieces off the board, they get to a point where they're taking characters off the board that you know have sequels. 
Because what we what all we know is after Avengers Four, we're getting two more Spider Mans and one more Guardians of the Galaxy, and they took all of those characters off the board. And then, as you said, Black Panther has made a billion dollars. Yeah, they haven't announced a sequel yet. They haven't announced yeah. it. Well, I think they're trying not to announce anything until Avengers Four is over. They keep talking about this as like the ending. But I mean, that's yeah, like Joe Casada would say after the end of every big Marvel comic crossover. Oh, we this is this is you know comic fans always lose their shit when a character dies mm-hmm. or some you know new characters change they change a new identity whatever and then it's like the old guys it, this has been happening for years and years and years if it you know if it works it works if it doesn't they hit the reset button yeah. so you know I remember still- I was working in a comic book store when the death of Superman came out and people were going insane. And like two or three months later, they're like, wow, so there's no Superman. There'll never be another Superman. I was like, really? Then why are they still publishing it? Because <laughs> there was a Superman comic coming out every week with a lot of characters crying about that there was no Superman. You know, you notice how Fox News has not said anything about the death of Black Panther. No. You know? Not, not yet. No, not, not a word. They haven't said a thing. And they didn't care about the white kid from Queens either. I like to think that uh, <laughs> everyone that worked at Fox News was that half of the universe. <laughs> by, by the way, that... that, that uh, but Except Shep Smith. Because yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, they, they, you know what bothered me so much about that was the, in the post credit scene, only half the people are, are going... Are, are are dying or or whatever whatever's Dude, happening? That was the rapture, man. People were getting raptured. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, I, yeah, you you know that there were there were religious people yeah. going. This is it, uh, but it, it bothered me that both uh, Maria Hill and uh, uh, yeah Nick Nick Fury they they shouldn't have both gone. Yeah, well, they, yeah, and they did. Like when Maria Hill and I was like, oh, Maria like, Hill, and then the, Samuel the, Jack- I'm like, no, that's the, not the how data, Samuel Jackson goes out of anything. The, oh, yeah, the data just is. doesn't add up here because like all the Guardians of the Galaxy are yeah, gone except Rocket. So, so how do like the the, the numbers just don't add up? Well, here. there's just a lot of people in the universe that aren't superheroes that are like they still have a roommate now. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I was gonna have a two bedroom apartment to myself. And Felix Unger is still alive. I like to think that in this world, uh, Batman finally settled down, married someone, and uh, like just had a child, and you know he's finally happy, and then they all disappear. Funny, funny. You but Alfred's mention- still there. Yeah. Funny you should mention that. That's happening now, right? Yes, he's Batman? getting married right now to Catwoman. Catwoman, right? And they're they they really Wait. don't seem like they're going to steer away from it. No. Wait, in DC, they they don't realize that you can like you can branch out from your friends, right? You know. I don't know. Oh, so you're, the problem is anybody else who gets involved with Batman ends up dying. That's true. Now that that would be. And bad. DC also has like seven times the amount of superheroes that the Marvel yeah, Universe does because they've kept everyone alive from like the 40s and the 50s. Yeah. The metal men are still around. I used to have a crush on Platinum as a kid. Oh man. Yeah. I used to have a crush on Rogue, and I thought that was sad. <laughs> like, first of all, both of these women are drawn. They don't exist. Yeah, but. But I like the girl you couldn't touch. You like the one who that wasn't human at all. <laughs> And it's made like, of metal. That's, that's a plot of weird science. That's, well, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, you know, in weird science, she was real for a while. Yeah, she was Kelly LeBron. She, was, she yeah. was literally a Barbie doll brought to life. Yes. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of equations that don't add up in weird science. <laughs> they didn't carry the one a bunch of times. It's like Breaking Bad. They said the Breaking Bad when they ever they show them making crystal meth, they had to leave out steps so the show couldn't teach you how to make crystal meth. I feel like that was weird science. 
had they showed everything, we all would have had a Kelly LeBron. Oh, definitely, yeah. I would have had underwear on my head, jumper cables on a Barbie doll. Oh, yeah. Doing the Frankenstein every weekend. Yep, with yep. Playboys flying around yep. at a fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Bill Paxton so- bullying me. <laughs> <laughs> Need all of it, Robert Downey Jr. That's There's right, the yeah. Common thread. There you go. Uh, okay, so everybody except the original Avengers, yes, is gone. They pair back which, down to which, that first film, which, which you have to think there. That's probably that probably wasn't a coincidence. That's no, I didn't realize it till like the next day. Yeah, because I was kind of adding up who who had gone and who had. Who had I left. had a, I had a look online. Um, you know, I saw it yesterday mm-hmm. and this morning. I was like, okay, so who's actually still still alive? And I, and I actually had to look it up. Um, but uh, so yeah, it is. I mean, there's there's other people like Rocket and right. and uh, and a Ant few Man. other people. But it's uh, it's uh, it is the <laughs> rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> rabbit. Um, it's the original uh, Avengers, and I and I think that's got to figure into whatever the solution is. Well, th- there's a bit where um, it, th- there were two things. There were a couple things in addition to the ending, as as John said, it kind of. I was like, yeah, they really overstepped because now you know there's going to be uh, – they're going to walk some of this back. But right. You don't walk out of that movie sad. You walk out of that movie going, well, how are we going to bring them all back? Exactly. No, it, it has a happy ending for Thanos. Yeah, Thanos yeah. is happy. Yeah. I was happy for He's Thanos. He's got his own exactly. porch. Yeah. It's nice to see somebody work towards something and actually get it. Actually get it, right. Yeah. yeah. You know how hard I had to work to get my own porch? <laughs> I lived in an apartment for decades. <laughs> But then, um, um, but there's that scene where uh, um, the Strange is going through all the different possibilities, right? Right. Because he's right. using the he's using the the the, the time stone. Da, 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 I have Agamotto to look through. Which I'm there going, wait a minute, is it fake or is it real? Is it fake or is it real? They kept doing that switch yeah. back back and forth. And then he goes, I've looked at over a million, one million, one hundred fifty-six thousand. Actually, I think it was fourteen million. Yeah, something like that. It was double-digit million. Does you? And then he goes, and he goes, and and which one do we come out ahead? And he goes, one. Right. And I'm there going, okay. Um, so if you saw all the possibilities, and you know that probably the common thread is Peter Quill's going to lose his shit, just as you're about to pull off your 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 your. Uh, your, your, your scheme or whatever, don't you have a little sit down with him and go, and dude, that, before the, you know, the shit hits the fan, just want you to know, we need you to keep your cool. No, but you know what? They don't know him. They've known yeah. him for about 45 minutes. So it's not like it's not like they can sit down and go, look, dude, this is your character flaw and you need to be aware of that. <laughs> it's like, because it could be like, this is the kind of guy who could get super defensive. No, I, I and think start fucking up way more when you when you point something out. I think that you. Uh, I'm I not think, in love with Gamora. You're in love with Gamora. I, I think it's uh, it's, it's uh, Nebula. If you're if you're um, if you're Doctor Strange, you tell her to shut up. No, 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 no. Don't don't say anything. But but I think I think when, when he said, oh, you know, there's one that come comes out. I think he was seeing like the long game yep. of exactly. whatever yeah. the solution yeah. ends up being, I think, I think and he, he knows that, that he knows that Tony Stark Tony, is is going to play the key role in yes. that, and so that's why at the very last second he's like, no, 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 no. That was one of the things that was really clever about it because we all know that Robert Downey Jr. has been a part-time member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe since Iron Man three, where he's like. I always talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. When he comes out of the armor, he's wearing a jacket because he doesn't do crunches anymore for these movies. 
Like, he just shows up, he does some voiceover, they do close-ups of his head. I think in this one he was wearing a hoodie, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he was yeah. wearing a hoodie that was the armor. They're letting the gray poke through. Yeah. They're not They're not dying his beard as much as they were. And they were talking about, I'm going to get married to Pepper, and we're going to have babies. And it was, like, so set up to be like, okay, you're definitely dying. Yeah. So then to have that moment and back away from it is as genius as making Peter Dinklage a giant. Yes, yes, that was still, still a dwarf, but a giant. Dwarf. He's a twenty-foot dwarf. Yeah, it was for Asgardians. Dwarves are twenty-foot. And I think, tall. I think everybody like reacted to that more than like any anything else that happened in the movie. Like you know, any any of the deaths, nothing. Yeah. everybody's like, oh, it's Peter Dinklage. And that was like an upgrade for him because in the X Men universe, he played he played someone whose height was not part of it. They didn't try to make him puck. Yes. They made him ball of our trask. Yes. And now in this is like you're an Asgardian giant. <laughs> that was really. There, there were so many clever things. I'll, I'll give it that uh, as being clever. But Groot's you, arm being part of the hammer, I thought was brilliant. Yep. Yep. But again, and but then you know, back to the ending bit. There was this dude at the um, at the um, the press screening I attended. Oh, that's right. You were at a press screening. I was at a press screening thing. Yeah, I got to see it before anybody in Chicago. Oh, no. It was a full theater. There were people seeing it at the same time you were seeing it. Yes, especially this one dude <laughs> who, the moment Thanos snaps his fingers, he le- le- lets out a whoop like, Woo! like he was rooting for Thanos, right? And then um, um, Bucky, you know, turns the ash, and he lets out another whoop. Yeah! And I'm like, oh, okay, you're going to be one of those this guys. This guy's evil. Yeah, he is. But then, what? wait. Then Black Panther buys it. <laughs> That's when it turned. <laughs> Did he get real quiet? He got real quiet. He went, what? What? And then as all the, I'm sorry, as all the black characters were disappearing, it, and especially, it, did you notice how um, it, they saved the best for last with Nick Fury? It's like, man, yeah. Marvel really doesn't like any of their black characters. You're killing them all. He, this dude is up there and he's going, ah, War Machine's still alive. Yeah, War Machine's still alive. But he goes, yeah, bullshit Marvel with their bullshit movies. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> he said that. Wow, he, this guy's got an agenda. People had to like calm him down later. Go, dude, it's don't. I wanted to go. There's gonna be a sequel, man. Calm down. They all come back, all right. <laughs> So I think, you know, you, you can make an argument that uh, obviously, you know, there's been other cliffhanger movies, but I think this is like the biggest one I've ever seen because even, you know, you look at something like The Empire Strikes Back, nah. like that that's a, that's nah. a, that's a complete, what, are you worried about me spoiling? I was going to say we could not mention The Empire Strikes Back in comparison to this movie, and it, it says, that's driving me nuts. Everyone going... It's the Empire Strikes Back of the Marvel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm like, no, no. no. Well, I would, well, then uh, you'll like what I was about to say. Yeah. That is a complete story, you know, in and of itself. Like, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end there. Whereas this one, it felt like they just kind of like like I was reading a book. I got halfway through it, and somebody goes, "Yoink!" It yeah, just well, takes it away. The one difference between this and uh, sure, the, the Empire Strikes Back cliffhanger, but there's also the Wrath of Khan, which we talked about before. Yeah. Um, there's Lord of the Rings, the ending of Fellowship and ending of Two Towers. All of those movies where things look like they were getting really bleak, they all end the same way. They all end with one scene of the characters looking out over the horizon and going, well, we're going we're gonna to get through this. I mean, 
you know, Empire Strikes Back, they're looking at the fleet take off. Both, um, both Lord of the Rings and with Frodo and Sam on a mountain looking towards Mordor. You know, Star Trek, it ends with, like, the coffin going out. Into, and, into and Kirk the, feels young. Yeah, Kirk yeah. feels young. They all end with the characters going... This has been really sad, but we're going to get through this. This movie does not do that. This movie ends with the villain going, well, that was pretty good for me. <laughs> That's how this movie ends, which is why there was like, there was an audible like, when it went to black and the credits came up, there was an audible, what? In yeah. my theater. Yeah, that theater was because really, Because yeah. we don't go, like, it would have been so easy to have, to show Tony on the planet with Nebula and Rocket going, we're going to get out of this. Yeah. You know, Captain America giving a rousing speech. That is not in this whatsoever. And I think that's that's the sucker punch. We've never seen a movie where the villain won in a superhero movie. This was a, this was, um, a Marvel movie as done by the French. Yeah. It's like a French <laughs> film. The French love that stuff. It's, a, it's like a Marvel movie made in the 70s. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It's the don't look now of superhero <laughs> movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah, uh, I, I gotta say, overall, overall, speaking about this film, um, kudos. I mean, after after the major disappointment that was the Last Jedi for me. Yeah, we talk about that. I, I still think uh, the Last Jedi is the third most entertaining film out of all nine for me. Um, I like movies. I have known been known to defend movies that people hate just because they're weird and they push the franchise. I love Batman Returns. I love Iron Man 3. And I love Last Jedi for the same reason. I thought you were going to go left and you kept going right. And you know what? I didn't tell you to make my movie. No, I'm, he I'm here to watch your movie. So I, I, en I enjoyed Last Jedi. Actually, Iron Man 3 was redeemed for me in that little short yeah. that they did on the Thor DVD. Um, like a year later. Yes. Well, that there actually was a Mandarin. They'll probably never get back to that. Oh, they'll never, but it's like, it's a good way, just so you know, boom. Oops, yeah. Sorry. That all that stuff that they were setting up over the years in the Iron Man movies wasn't just some joke. Right. And that's why I argued, like, pe people would come up to me that summer and they were like, I wanted to see the Mandarin. And I was like, really? What's your favorite Mandarin story? What's your favorite story about the Chinese guy with 10 different rings? Like, what, what's, what's the dark phoenix of Mandarin stories? <laughs> Nobody cares about the Mandarin. And it's funny, to me, I remember the Mandarin more from the old Marvel cartoons. Remember? Oh, the yeah. Old I remember it well because in college, Blockbuster used to rent the kids' movies for $1.50. The regular movies would be $3. So we could get three kids' movies and three 40s of Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mandarin in those cartoons is the most racist thing. It is, he you is, ever yes. heard. And my best friend, Howie, who's been on my show, uh, um, his, he would do this impression where he would just go, he would use no consonants at all. And he would go, ah, I am, ah. <laughs> I will get you with my wings. <laughs> no consonants. At all. So I do remember that very, very well. That's how I remember him. <laughs> yep. So it was like clutch cargo almost. Yep. Yep. Clutch cargo. I think that's the first clutch cargo reference on uh, Geek Counter Geek. I, yeah. You well, haven't done enough yeah. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised it took this long. I'm, I was going. I, I was going in deep. I thought I'd be, you know, but when I started referencing Lee Iacocca. <laughs> <laughs> that was digging. I will say when you said Lee Iacocca, my first thought was Phil Hartman 
doing Lee Iacocca on Saturday Night Live yeah, in the yeah, mid-80s. There we go. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I can't actually say that for sure. Because we, we've done, you know, this is 119 episodes. Yeah. So we've done wow. quite a few. So, you know, you might want to go back and listen to a few. And if you do listen to some back episodes, uh, you'll want to uh, use some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. Tweaked Audio. Is that, is that a segue or what? That wow, that's, that's a nice live commercial. Hey, 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 John, did you know that Tweaked Audio has like eight different colors and styles? I know, and I know that you can get a discount if you use uh, the code at tweakedaudio.com. Uh, the code could be you could either use GCG for Geek Counter Geek or... Or you can use CAF Comics. CAF Comics, where you will get 33% off and free worldwide shipping. Even if you're, you know, one of those horrible Asian stereotypes and you're in Asia and you want to you ah, get some headphones. I want <laughs> no consonants. <laughs> and you can listen to other uh, podcasts like Caffeinated Comics with... Uh, uh, John Clark and Stephen Brown, who's there? How about eighty-three percent of the time now? Yes. Is, is this percentage dropping or is it going back up? Yes, because as he said, that uh, 2017 has been the worst re- worst year for retail ever. So he's at the store less and less because he now has a day job. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking man. And then you're going to be talking about Infinity War and Caffeinated Comics, right? I don't know how to take that. You look at me and talk about that the guy who's not here is good-looking. Well. We okay, go. We go. You know who's really good looking? The guy who didn't show up today. Uh, That's a good guy. <laughs> I, would you rather I said it when he's sitting here? I'd rather you say that I'm You're average. average. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, John. Uh, he's also Bono. I, I've noticed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, but anyway, so you guys are going to talk about Infinity War on uh, Caffeinated Comics? Yeah, we're going to talk about it tomorrow morning. So uh, both shows, both shows will probably come out at the same time. I think uh, you won't be able to make it, but we would have I the same conversation. Guys, right? I will be there for Deadpool, though. Yes. So we'll talk. Deadpool. Yes, that's with which we'll have Josh Brolin again. Yes, that should be fun. This is the summer of Josh Brolin. The summer of Josh. Yes. Yes. And I'm fine with that. It, hey, I mean, ever since uh, No Country for for Old Men. Yeah, well, give him, give him a chance. He did a great job but, as George W. Bush in that oh, Oliver Stone movie that, was, that everyone forgot about. L- listen, we're in the era of two things. Josh Brolin and steamed ham parodies, and, yes. and I'm okay with that. Well, I, well there's got to be a an old Josh Brolin version of steamed ham, where principal, where vice uh, principal Skinner and Superintendent Charles are both Josh Brolin. Ooh, one is Thanos and one is Cable. Ah, there you go. That my, works. Although my favorite Josh Brolin is Josh Brolin doing Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black Three, which is a very underrated movie. How, how you know my name? <laughs> pa, pa's good. <laughs> so, uh, in non-Avengers uh, related news, there's a lot of Star Trek news. Uh, Star Trek Discovery just started uh, season two, started producing season right. two. And uh, have, are you into uh, Star Trek Discovery, John? I am. I watched season one, and I feel about, uh, and this will probably make Elliot mad, but I feel about Star Trek Discovery the way I felt about Rogue One, where. I think it's an interesting story, but I have really no attachment to any of the characters. I want to see where it's going, but I don't feel about Michael the way I felt about Data or Cisco or but, Picard. But did you did you think about them, uh, you know, Cisco and Picard and everybody after one season? Because you know, especially no, with they, Next Generation, it took a while. Both shows had really bad first seasons. Yeah, yeah, but I think, um, and honestly, with the original se- series, it was going back to Wrath of Khan again. I was ten. 
when I went to see Wrath of Khan and I was given the choice. My movie theater had just gone from one screen to two screens. Wow. And we all went to the movie theater and my dad looked at me and said, you can either see Wrath of Khan with me or you can see Annie with your mother and your sister. And so I saw Wrath of Khan having no idea what was happening. <laughs> and I knew the characters just from seeing them on TV. But then they killed Spock. And that just burned into my brain. So I think that was a at weird At least it didn't burn into, into Spock's brain. Yeah, no, that was a long... I think that was another college in 40 of Budweiser. <laughs> brain and brain, what is brain? But, yeah, I, I just don't... I don't know, I'm not... I'm, I, I, I think it's a cognitive reaction I have with Discovery. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, that twist is interesting. Where are we going? But I don't think about... I can't tell you the names of half the characters. That's, I think, where I am with that. Uh, yeah, well, everybody knows Michael because, uh, you know, she's the uh, she's the main character and she's a woman named Michael, so everybody right. knows that. She was Sasha on Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, Saru. Uh, yeah, I, I loved his character, though, too. But I forgot his name was Saru to just yeah. now, yeah. The, the, yeah. Doug, Doug Jones. Doug, yeah, he yeah. had a really great arc through the first season. Yeah, and, then, yeah. Um, the, the Doug and Jones, I love Doug Jones. Yeah, he, put, he released that image on his Instagram of him shaving his head. Because he knows he's getting ready for Discovery uh, Season 2. Because you have to be bald to be able to wear that makeup. So, uh, Yeah, people don't, uh, you know, anything on your head, you got to be bald for that. Yeah. yeah, well, Doug Jones was Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. And he was the the, the, the sea creature in um, The Shape of Water. Yeah, he works with Del Toro a lot. He was yeah. the Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer movie. Oh, okay. He did the motion capture. All right. And he was a relief pitcher for the Cubs for a year. And he oh, wait, a seat that's in, a different Doug Jones. And he won a seat in Congress. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's a senator from Alabama now. Uh, but but they, they basically just released a teaser that doesn't actually, you know, I mean, obviously they just started shooting this week, so they couldn't put anything in there. But, but they, there are a couple of interesting little nuggets. Like, uh, uh, first, you do see, uh, you do see uh, uh, Captain Pike's back. Well, while he's standing with uh, with Michael Burnham and someone else, and uh, they actually uh, the the crew of the Enterprise apparently has the the like original series style uniforms, except the velour they're, they're, shirts. Yeah, they're yeah. sort of like a hybrid between like the Abrams uh, uniforms and the Discovery uniforms. Right, because that was the only, the only way I could really connect it in my mind. Um, I know John Suntress, who does the Word Balloon podcast, has. Hated he hates Discovery. He hates yeah, it. Right. And there was the big twist in season one where yeah. they brought in the Mirror Universe, and I, I sent him a message. I was like, do you like it more now? He's like, I hate it more now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but he was like, this is not Star Trek. It doesn't fit. And I was like, the only way it fits for me is if you put it before the J.J. Abrams Universe, not before the 60s show. Because that's the only way to explain why the Klingons, the Klingons are like blue. <laughs> like, but they're all different It's colors. the Klingons yeah. that really bug me because they just don't line up with any right. version. But I was like, you know what? This is going to line up with J.J. Right. Abrams and have Spock's in this. Maybe it's Zachary Kinto. Yeah, probably so, not, though. No, but, yeah. It's, well, they, they, already recast, they already recast Pike, obviously, so... So it's not Bruce Greenwood. No, no, it's uh, Anson... Bruce Greenwood did a season of Mad Men. You could get Bruce Greenwood... Yeah. Well, I, I I made the comparison that it's a lot like you know DC between TV and and um, yeah and uh, and the movies, you know, completely different casts, and I think that's that's pretty much like what they're, ha- what yeah, they're going. Yeah, we have with. a different Superman on Supergirl than Henry Cavill. Yeah, and even uh, the Flash from uh, Justice League. Right. You know, so I I think that's probably sort of the model that they're going for, either because they just want them to have their own identities, or because you know legally they have to have their own identities. 
Yeah, well, that that's a good point. Paramount and CBS are two separate companies. So Star Trek is actually For now. two separate licenses. Yeah, because Paramount sold, when they were having money trouble, they sold off their their TV vaults. So things like Taxi and the Bob Newhart show, um, Happy Days, Laverne Shirley, anything that had that Paramount logo at the end are, is all part of CBS now. So, yeah. But Paramount still has the movies. And that's actually one of the reasons where, uh, you know, Abrams, he really... You know, he was he even said he was more of a Star Wars guy. But that's actually one of the reasons why he ended up saying yes to Star Wars is because in Star Wars, he gets to do, you know, he gets to be involved with, you know, TV series eventually and and, you know, making multiple movies and everything like that. Star Trek, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do the expanded universe. And he kind of wanted to do that. Well, I had heard that uh, they weren't. Part of J.J. Abrams' contract was they were not allowed to do a TV show until he had completed the trilogy. And yeah. after we got Star Trek Beyond, we got Discovery. This is, I, I mean, especially with um, Star Trek Be- uh, Beyond being my favorite. Of I loved three, Star Trek Beyond, yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm, it didn't I'm, do well. And I wanted to hate it. Yeah, yeah no, but... I, I remember when we when they released, like, the first, uh, even the second trailer, I think. With the motorbike. I, uh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I, I, I literally, I, I, I said in one of the podcasts, if there's a story here, they're doing their best to bury it. Yeah. And they, Simon, they did. It was, it was but great. But yet Simon Pegg writing the script, who yeah. not only is a huge Star Trek fan, but has made these other movies, and made it a, a conscious effort to break it into four storylines when they hit the planets of every character of the seven. Not just the three, which didn't even happen in the original series movies. Yep, yep. You know, everyone in the seven got enough screen time. Yeah. So but we'll see what. Uh, I don't know, Peg is supposed to be working on the next one too, but but is he working with Tarantino or is this two other films? Well, now things are getting somewhat confused because um, Paramount did announce that there's going to be that they're working on it. He, they, they actually said several. Star Trek movies, and then someone else clarified to say there's at least two that are being developed right now. So there's Star Trek 4. You know, it's not really Star Trek 4. It's like Star Trek 12, right. I think, at this point. Um, which is... Uh, who, who's directing it? They, they just announced it. Uh, That's the first female director. Yeah, it is S.J. Clarkson, who's done... Um, uh, I think uh, Orange is the New Black. She's done a lot of TV. Okay. Um, and the which Russo actually came from TV, so yeah. it can yeah. work out really well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they did Community before this. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the rest of development. Yeah. Oh. Well, and um, did, uh, didn't she work on um, um, Breaking Bad? Yes, she also did Breaking uh, Bad. So did Ryan Johnson. Yeah. So, uh, oh, that's, oh, by the way, going that's back, a good sign, right? Yeah, going back to Avengers, I think so. <laughs> Going back to Avengers, there is an, uh, when I was watching the credits, it said character from Arrested Development created by Mitchell Hurwitz. And I found an article that when Thanos is attacking the Collector, I didn't see it, but in one of the cases, there's a blue Tobias Funke. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, now, now I know what to look up. <laughs> now the rewatchability of yeah, Infinity War. Yeah, I need the... I, I know I'm going to see it again. But the Russos so. have done that. Danny Pudi's in yeah. Winter Soldier. Jim yeah. Rash is in... Civil War, yeah. they they found like commu- they found like places for a community. All right. Donald Glover's in Homecoming, yeah, but true. it's not it's not him though. Yeah, it wasn't uh, he's, 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 he's Miles Morales' uncle. uncle. Yeah, because Miles Morales was based on him. Right, right. I, it was like with the idea of him playing 
Yeah, he yeah. did a campaign before Andrew Garfield was cast. Was like, why can't I be a black actor? And Bendis was like, yeah, why not? And created Miles Morales. So, uh, my understanding, and um, is that uh, so Star Trek Four, which is the one that has a director. The the only thing that I've heard about the story is that it's going to involve a time travel arc that will somehow involve George Kirk again with Chris Hemsworth coming back. Yeah, that's as, what, as that's George what Kirk. As well. Now, but but I don't know because of the just the way that that news is reported these days. I don't actually like it's never actually said if that's something that Paramount is confirmed or that's literally just the last story idea that anybody had actually heard. Right. So they said, oh, yeah, Star Trek Four is going to be this. But it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they had Hemsworth in the first film in 2009 when he was nobody. And the Cabin in the Woods hadn't even come out when he was in there. And so now, like, uh, like DC has this Ryan Reynolds problem where the Green Lantern movie bombed, but there's no Green Lantern in Justice League because they can't decide if they want Ryan Reynolds to be Hal Jordan again. Now that he's Deadpool, he's a big name, but that movie bombed. So I think Star Trek is doing the same thing. It's like, oh, we had Thor. We could probably get Thor back. Maybe they should, uh, they should get uh, Chris Evans, who I think would have been a much better Hal Jordan. Chris Evans would have been a great Kirk. I love Chris Pine, yeah. but Chris Evans would have been a good Kirk as well. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the other film is the Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I, and the, the Quentin Tarantino thing, it, it really sounds like he's, uh, he's not quite as involved as people think because, it, you know, everybody's like, oh, Quentin Tarantino came in with this, this Star Trek idea, and um, it sounds like it was literally just an idea. Does anybody not believe he was coked up at a party when he came up with this? I'm sure he was. I know about Star Trek, okay? Okay, here's Star Trek. Here's everything that happens in Star Trek, okay? And people are like, Quentin Tarantino's going to do Star Trek. And then, um, you know, it'll be a, a scene, basically Samuel L. Jackson... Selling a Klingon to go into his bag and pull out his phaser. Well, Quentin Tarantino is, is obsessed with anything from the mid-60s to the late 70s. 70s. So that's that's why he would want to do Star Trek. I'm sure if The Fugitive was still a franchise, he'd be talking about doing a Fugitive movie. Oh, he might do a Fugitive. I mean, it, it's, been, a, it, it's fugitive. been it's been 20 years now. They could they could reboot The yeah. Fugitive. That's a big Chicago movie, The Fugitive. Like the, In the original series, he ran all over the country. In the movie, he just, doesn't just leave Chicago. Chicago. I think uh, I think that that makes sense for a, for a, uh, a series, you know, because yeah. it's sort of you know, hey, he's in a new place every every week. You couldn't do that in a in a movie, and it doesn't seem realistic for a fugitive to be just traveling all over the place. Yeah, he's not Bruce Banner. No, makes sense for Bruce Banner to go. Y'all hating on Tim Daly and his run as a fugitive? He was chased by Forrest Whitaker. Oh, well, I, I forgot, forgot that even that. happened. Yeah. I remember Tim Daly as the voice of Superman more than I remember him as the fugitive. I only remember Tim Daly from Wings. Yes, which was like a show. Uh, that's one of those shows that's no one's favorite show, but it ran like nine seasons. It was just good enough to stay on. What? No, nobody here watched Wings. Is that the one where there's a guy and he's like a he's a, he's a pilot or something? Uh, there's two guys. They're brothers and they're both pilots. And yeah, wasn't there a fat guy with a mustache? That was Roy. He's hilarious. Was this a cartoon? No, my, oh my God, no, no, no. It took place in an airport. It, the, it was, the thing was on for 10 years. It, and the, and the funny repair guy was Lowell. It made Tony Shalhoub's career. Who? The tennis player. Yeah, you know what? Screw you guys. I don't even know you. Crazy people living under a rat don't know wings. I love wings. The preceding 
was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gabatron?